Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 87 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am super excited that you're with me today. Now, before we dive into what we're talking about, I just wanted to give a huge shout out and a thank you to someone called Sushi Fam who left a review for me on iTunes. So thank you so much. And I'm going to read what she said because, oh my gosh, like it could not have made me happier. So here is what Sushi Fam wrote. As both a mom of a middle school teacher and two high schoolers and a former homeschool teacher with a teaching credential who is wanting to get back into teaching middle school, the content on this podcast is super helpful. I'd love how she has lots of free resources that can be accessed for each podcast and the fact that she has very practical advice. So far, I've just been listening, but there are several shows I plan to revisit for the resources and to listen again. When I listen, I sense that we have very similar personalities, values, and worldviews, which makes her content extra helpful to me personally. Thanks for making these. Oh my gosh, Sushi Fam, you're welcome. Thank you so much for such a beautiful review. I really, really appreciate it. So thanks so much. And if you guys want to leave a review, you can head to my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP87. And there's a button in my resource section that you can click to head straight to iTunes and leave a rating and review. So thank you so much, Sushi Fam. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about something that I am super passionate about. And once I've shared about it, I hope you are too. Now, whether we're intentional about it or not, we have influence with the teens in our life. And I would say that our actions rather than our words have the most impact. And to have the maximum impact Intentionality, whether you're teaching or parenting, is crucial if you want to influence your teens in a positive way. I'm going to say that again. Intentionality is crucial if you want to influence your teens in a positive way, which means that you have to know what you believe and what your values are and live them if you want to make a big impression on your teens. Now, one of the quotes that I used in my civics classroom every year was, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And it still rings true for me today, because whether I'm in the context of middle school teaching or as a parent, if I don't know what I believe or what I value, then it's really hard to stay anchored. And there's no place for me to put a stake in the ground and say this this is what I believe, this is what I stand for, and this is what I want for you, the teens who are entrusted to my care. And that might be okay with you, but for me, I need more. And truthfully, I think our teens need more as well. I think there's a part in all of us that needs a purpose, something more than ourselves that drives us to be better and to do better and to contribute in a meaningful way. And for me, it's a drive that ignites this desire to teach and guide the next generation and to share the wisdom of experience and to open the doors of critical thinking for the teens in my life. Now, if you found your way here to in the middle of it, I have a feeling that you might feel this way too. This spark inside you that longs to contribute to something more. 
to show up for your teens in a way that inspires and encourages. And doing that well, influencing your teens in a positive way, that doesn't just happen. It takes intention and thought and clarification. Now, if you're like me, you may not have realized this until you were questioned. Why do you do things the way that you do? What is it that you believe that makes you require your kids to use good manners or to stand up for the underdog or to be respectful of the adults in their lives? My own kids were fairly young when those questions started, and some of you may be familiar with the whys that start when our kids hit about three years old. All day long, it's why this mommy and why that mommy and why and why and why. And when they're that young, it's much easier because they mostly accept your simple explanations and even the dreaded phrase, because I said so, works in a pinch. But teens, not so much. So if you're not sure what your values and beliefs are, you just know you have them and that you do things the way you do because it's quote unquote right, then this episode is for you. Now, I have two questioners here. Both of my teens are very quick to point out when something doesn't make sense to them or if it conflicts with something that I've said at a previous time, and they ask for an explanation. And this is something that we've worked on, all of us, right? Because me, I've worked on it because initially their questioning would really trigger this um, fight, flight, or freeze in me. And it came across to me as sass and defiance. But I had to learn to recognize what it actually was, which is a desire for things to make sense. And then for them, learning to question with curiosity rather than uh, maybe a challenging or sassy tone um, was really important for our family. And I'm just going to throw this in here as well. I am glad my kids are questioners because when I look back to my generation and the things that were able to happen because any kinds of questioning were shut down for a lot of us, um, I think that we've avoided a lot because when our kids, when my kids, I don't know about yours, but when my kids hear something from an adult that doesn't quite make sense, or they have a, you know, that instinctive gut feeling of, hey, something's off here, they are quick to call it out. Whereas I feel like that was not something that I had a voice in. I hope that you did. And, um, and maybe you were different with, with that. But I've talked to too many people of my generation who fell prey to adults who didn't have their best interests in mind. Okay, so that was a tangent. Back to what we were talking about. So the thing is, for me, it's really difficult to come up with answers to my kids' questions on the fly. So when my teens challenge something that I've said or requested or required, I'm not really great on my feet. So I tend to want to default to because I said so. And before the words even finish coming out, I want to slap a hand over my mouth because who wants to be that parent? I sure don't. Now, I found that to be able to confidently answer in the moment, I have to already know like know that I know that I know what I believe and what I value. Now, when I can do that, I have this standard, for lack of a better word, that I can refer back to. And it makes it so much easier to make and explain decisions. 
And most importantly for me, to live out what those things are. In total bonus, it's actually cut down on a lot of the questioning because my kids know what our family values and beliefs. So for me, nailing down five different areas in what I believe and what I value has been super helpful. And those areas are our family identity, our faith, our traditions, the way that we discipline, and sex ed. Now, those are the five core areas where often questioning comes up with my kids. So I've really focused in on those, and I'm going to go through them one at a time and kind of explain what I mean. So for family identity, what is it that you want your kids to feel like in your home? For me, I want my kids to know that our home is a place where they belong without question. Nothing they can do or not do, say or not say, can change how much we love them, period. This is their safe place. And we've built this in with strategies like um, when they were younger, we started using a family name. We We called them the Kelly kids. And... We do things together like game nights and family vacations and keeping traditions, which I'll talk about here in a sec. So that's kind of how we've crafted our family identity. Nothing they do or don't do, say or don't say, can change how much we love them, period. And they belong with us and to us. Okay, so the next one would be faith. And this would be addressing what you believe about a higher power. For our family, we're Christians, and we believe that Jesus is God's son. And he came to earth and died in order for us to be reconciled to God and have a personal relationship with him. Now, for our family, it's not about checking boxes and doing the quote-unquote right things. It's about a relationship with Christ and him working in and through us and really understanding what his grace means. So for us, that's what faith is. For others, it's going to look completely different. So you have to figure it out for your family to be able to answer your kiddos. Okay, the next section is traditions. And to me, this is kind of the fun part. And the question here is, How are you going to celebrate the special occasions and moments in life? Not just like holidays and birthdays, but stuff like the first day of school or the last day of school um, and other milestones. So some of these might be things that you did growing up as a kid with your own family. Others might be things that just kind of evolve over time. So for instance, for us, Um, Besides the typical things like holidays and birthdays, we have a tradition of choosing a Christmas ornament whenever we travel so that when we decorate our Christmas tree every year, we're pulling out all these ornaments and being able to reminisce and talk about the trips that we've taken together. So that's one of our big traditions. And some of the other ones are super silly. Like at some point when we were traveling, our kids started counting all the waffle houses that we saw along the way. And you would be shocked at how many there are. Like, I think we got up to like 40 at one point on a trip that we took. So again, it might be silly things, but those are those inside stories and things like that that make your family unique. 
The next area is one where you might get a lot of questions from your teens. And for me, this is the hardest one to stay consistent on and um, and really challenges me to be, I guess the word is creative as far as consequences and things like that. And so that would be values and discipline. So this would be what are the hills that you're willing to die on? The values that are most important to you. And how are you going to handle it when your kids don't live out those values? Because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So for us, our big ones are honesty and trust, kindness, respect, and consideration. Now, we made it really clear when our kids were young that if they told us the truth, we could have mercy with them in a way that we couldn't if they lied to us. So We also help them frame every decision as an opportunity to build or break trust. And that's something that they've really been able to understand as they've gotten older. So building or breaking trust is super important in our family. And then how we treat each other is very important. So discipline in our house is using whatever currency we have with each kid and trying to make the consequence fit the crime, so to speak. So if one of them isn't being kind to their sibling, well, okay, there's no time with your friends until you can treat your sibling with the same courtesy and consideration as you would treat a friend. So we really try to make things line up so that they make sense. Okay. And then lastly, sex education. How are you going to talk about sex with your kids? And what are your values surrounding sex? Now, we knew early on that our kids were going to find out about sex. It's everywhere in the media, not to mention the things they talk about with their friends. And for our family, that started with Philip and me getting as comfortable talking about penises and vaginas as we were talking about elbows and knees and bringing up topics before our kids asked especially when opportunities presented themselves, which happened more frequently than you might imagine, again, given the media that surrounds us. And beyond just the mechanics of things, deciding what our values are around sex and communicating that and reminding our kids again and again that there's nothing that they do or don't do, any ways that they're being or not being, um, saying or not saying that is going to make us love them any more or any less and helping them understand that, yes, there's grace involved in everything. But the reason we have these values and beliefs is because we want the best for them. Not that we're like trying to squash them or ruin their fun, but we want the very best for them in everything, including sex lives. So our goal early on was for our teens to be so comfortable with talking about sex that they came to us without even thinking about it, which given the experience we've had with our teens might have been a little or okay, a total lot lofty. But even though they roll their eyes when we bring up the subject, they know that we're going to go there, which means that they can too when they choose to. So getting very specific about these five areas, family identity, faith, traditions, values and discipline, and sex, has created our family culture and given us guideposts for parenting our kids and for being able to answer their questions on the fly. 
But let me be really, really clear here. These are the goals, not the rules, because we fall short of this all the time when it comes to living up to our own values in these five areas. And our teens are so quick to call us out on even the slightest hint of hypocrisy, which I'm glad of. So please, please don't take this as a list of things that you have to check off in order to be a great parent or a great teacher. This is just mainly a list of aspirations and something that is fluid that we hold as, um, as again, a standard and, and guidance in our family. So, and those of you who've been with me for a while know what I'm about to say here. Be sure to have grace with yourself and with your teens in these areas. Let this, again, be fluid and for sure be open to changing some of these. I'll be the first to admit that there are things that we value and hold dear now that look very different than they did 10 years ago. It's changed as our family has grown and changed and yours will too. And if you're worried that the ship has sailed on doing this for and with your family because you're kids are older, well, I think there's a reason that it's never too late is a cliche, because it's not. You can start in this moment and be totally transparent with your teens about your process, because these are things that they'll want to define for themselves too. It's a huge part of stepping into yourself, this defining of who you are and what you believe and how you feel about the important things. Now, the other piece of this that I'd like to talk about for a hot second is co-parenting, because you might be listening to this and thinking, yeah, but what about my kids' other parents? So whether you are parenting your kids with a spouse or a partner or an ex-spouse or ex-partner, a grandparent or whatever, you will most probably find that the way you flesh out these differences in family identity, faith, traditions, values and discipline, and sex is very different than the way your parenting partner fleshes it out. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that is fairly typical and it's going to be the case for most people who are parenting together. It's totally normal because you're coming from two completely different places and it can be a huge friction point. So if that's the case for you, or even if it's not friction so much as it is not knowing how to have the conversation, or maybe even not having time with all the busyness that you've got going on to have the conversation, then I have a resource for you that I am so super excited about. I am offering a live workshop called The Same Wavelength, where I am going to walk you and your parenting partner through a whole process to define these things and get into alignment in these areas and more. There are a limited number of spots, so be sure to head to theishgirl.com forward slash the same wavelength to learn more about it. And you can also find a link to it in my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP87. Okay, friends, thanks so much for hanging out today. I am truly grateful for the time that you are sharing with me. And again, if the podcast has helped or encouraged you in any way, and you're feeling particularly generous, I would love for you to leave in the middle of it a rating and review on iTunes. Again, it really helps others find the show and the resources that we offer. And it also totally makes my day as you heard at the beginning of this episode. And who knows, your review might be featured as well. 
Okay, from an ish girl who is so excited to meet some of you face to face or at least Zoom to Zoom for the same wavelength workshop, I am so glad to be in the middle of it together. <laughs> 